What's up, guys? Gabe Sakala here for another episode of The Reality of Virality. I'm joined, as always, with Andre Evans as we break down the sides of social media that you don't see on a daily basis. Today, we have Chris Omega Aesthetic. He is another beast in the fitness industry. Chris, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so, um, yeah, obviously, my name is Chris. Um, I currently reside in Austin, Texas right now, a student at UT Austin. And also just a um, passionate person of the whole world of fitness. You know, I have a a certified personal training certificate um, and I have a major in kinesiology right now. And fitness has just been uh, a huge part of my life from a very young age and taking it very seriously um, at a young age that others normally wouldn't. And I still do the same way. Um, And uh, yeah, I just like to create content as well. Yeah, so I guess I'll ask you, so from the beginning, when did you, how old were you when you started and like what is really the thing that kicked off that interest into fitness? Yeah, so I was in middle school when it first start, when I first started um, getting into fitness. I was probably around um, in sixth grade. I don't know how old I was, but I was in sixth grade and I know this one very um, vivid moment I can't tell you exactly when I started. Like I've always been an athlete or uh, competing in sports. Um, but this one vivid moment I remember on a bus where this girl held up a picture of this guy that was the same age as me. And she was like, this guy is the same age as you. And he, I just remember like this guy looking insanely good in terms of like aesthetics. And I was like barely hitting puberty then. So I was just like compared myself right yeah. away. And I was like, oh, my God. So I just remember doing a bunch of at-home workouts in middle school um, because I didn't even know, like, I wasn't really old enough to drive myself to a gym. I wasn't, didn't have anyone to go with. Um, But I just started doing home workouts from Mike Chang at Um, (laughs) sixpackabs.com. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks, Mike Chang. Shout out. Is that guy even still around? Yeah, I I think he is. I think he's doing like um he's doing like more spiritual stuff in like Southeast Asia, I'm pretty sure. Oh, so he's doing he's taking the Connor Murphy approach. <laughs> K- kind of, yeah, with like less psychedelics. Okay. So definitely a smarter way to do it. Um going back to who you were before, I want to dive a little bit into that. Who were you before social media? Um tell me like the the traits of you that changed, what was, you know, your, your weakest links. Um, yeah. Tell me a little bit about you before social media. Yeah. So, um, do you mean like before I started like taking it seriously or just like using it casually? Cause I was like on Instagram since like 2012. Let's so see. like, do you, do you mean like before like any of it or just like before trying to make something before, out of it before Omega aesthetic? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Um, so yeah, so I started that in right after I graduated high school. So before that I was, um, I was pretty much, um, like a lot of other high schoolers. I did, um, some track and field, um, soccer was one of my favorite sports that I actually just got bored of halfway through high school though. Um, but I still like to like play with my friends every now and then. Um, I was, you know, I'm a, I'm re, I'm very religious. I'm a, I'm Greek Orthodox, and I take pride in my faith. 
And so God has always been a huge part of my life. And I'd always like to be outside. I'd like to be with friends. I'd say I was fairly extroverted and uh, I was very sociable. So like people like me, they, I was approachable. I like making new friends and I was, however, it started in middle school and just got worse throughout high school where I would just look at myself in the mirror and just would never think that I was good enough. I never, I could point out several flaws every time I did. And I just wasn't happy with myself. And although all my friends would like think I was because I was just this sociable person, um, I really wasn't. And I could I know at that point I could have taken two routes. Um, but the moping and um, depression route, I think, just wasn't an option for me because I had also such like a loving family to support whatever I wanted to do. And um, so I decided to work on myself from then. And it started with those at-home workouts, just looking up on YouTube, like chest workouts or at-home um, arm workouts. And... It really started to, I really started to notice a difference when I got a pull-up bar and I put it in my bedroom door frame. And every day after school, I would go home and I would like try to do one more than the day before. And that's where the concept of progressive overload really <laughs> came into mind without me really knowing it. Like I didn't even know that I was doing that, but I was. And so... I just do all these push-up variations. My legs were kind of torched because I played so much soccer from middle school to early high school. So my legs were kind of lagging behind a little bit, <laughs> I'd say. But they weren't, they weren't a noticeable difference back then. Um, but I'd say um, by default, I was an early, an early leg skipper by default just because I was really – my legs were made to for uh, conditioning because uh, you heard me say I played track or I uh, competed in track and field. Well, I was a distance runner in a, a track and field. And so I would also do 5Ks on the weekends. Like I said, I was very active, um, very, very active. Um, also growing up in southern Maine where the it's just all outdoor activities. Um, there's no big cities in Maine. So – it's always like hiking or riding bikes from literally city to city and or town to town, I should say. Um, and so always doing that. Um, and then I'd have the excuse of whenever I was like riding bikes, like, okay, my legs are really sore again. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> I would, I would soon fix that once I got into the gym. Um, but yeah, so I would just start with those at home work workouts and then, my friends got a plant fitness membership and because I look so young, they literally wouldn't let me in. Be but my <laughs> other friends that were also the same age, they let them into the planet fitness. And so I was like, damn. So like I couldn't even go in by myself, even though I wanted to go with them. Um, they didn't but, even check yeah. IDs or anything. Like, they, no, they, they just like, so they, they were like, I was like, I'd say a, fairly late bloomer like not like a late late bloomer but on the on the end of the spectrum and uh so like they had facial hair before high school and so i was like damn 
So <laughs> I, I, I just stuck to the at-home workouts a lot. Um, and no one would really know that I was, I wouldn't tell anybody it, I'm complete. It would be complete opposite of what I am now. You know, like I wouldn't tell anybody that I was doing these workouts. I wouldn't tell anyone that like, Oh, I couldn't go to that social event or something or a party because I would just take this so seriously um, by myself because I really just wanted to see a change. And I was just striving to impress myself. Um, but also back then the main thing was to impress others. Um, and so I was doing these at home workouts. I would then get into high school, do a lot more sports and high school. And I'd say the end of middle school is where it, it was really weird. It was a weird paradox. I would, I would seem more outgoing and extroverted and confident in front of others, but at the same time, I was like more to myself. I was keeping what I wanted to do to myself more than ever because I had like aspirations way back then of becoming a content creator or a YouTuber. And now that I've like found like, oh, I really want to do this, I had to keep it in so hard because, you know, in high, high school is a very sociable place and, you know, people are nosy and stuff and like, if you're not doing like the, what the cool kids are doing, which is like playing football, like it, it doesn't matter. Or you're like, you're weird, you know? And <laughs> I think I was just really afraid of confrontation of what I actually like to do and judgment. So not only did I at that time find out what I really wanted to do and what really my long-term goals were, but I also had to work the hardest just to like keep those in and like not tell anybody. Like whenever someone else asked me what I wanted to do, like with my life, I'd be like, um, yeah, uh, I'll get back to you on that, you know? So it was, it was a very conflicting time internally, um, for me back then, but no one knew it cause, just cause I masked myself so well. And so in high school, um, I really, you know, some words of advice, if anyone feels the same way, if anyone can't like express what they really want to do or be who they really want to be because they're afraid of judgment from others. It, it, my greatest piece of advice is to just like, let it go because like, it really doesn't matter what other people think. And I say that because the popular kids in high school do not go on to be the popular kids after high school. Like uh, I'm sure you guys can attest to that. Yep. hundred um, percent. And so you really need to focus because at the end of the day, like when you're 80 years old and you know, like geriatric, you're going to be like, damn, I regret not doing that. You know, I regret holding back my potential and what I want to do because I literally thought that someone else was cooler than me and they were going to judge me or something. Uh, and they're in like the nursing home over it. You know what I mean? Like we, we end up in the same spot anyway. So do what you want to do. But, uh, yeah, so I was, uh, n you know, no one knew that I was putting on that mask. Um, everyone just thought that I was this outgoing, confident guy. I'd talk to anybody. Um, anyone would talk to me, but, um, nobody knew like when you get down to the core, uh, like how shy I was kind of like almost like a Robin Williams kind of thing, you know, the comedian. Um, yeah, yeah. and so like he was obviously a, a, an amazing comedian 
But what ended up happening was that internally, like, obviously he was just like really depressed on the inside, which led him to do what he did. So I think that's a comparable situation, but not to like that extreme. Um, so yeah, so, uh, that was really who I was, but then I was so nervous that I had to wait after I graduated, literally the day after I graduated to make Omega aesthetic. And, um, even though my confidence internally built up throughout high school, I still had to wait to cross that finish line to pull the trigger because I was just too scared of thinking what people done. And I'm honestly like, when I look back at it, I just wish I would have started things earlier. Um, but yeah, going back to the workout side and halfway through high school, I would find myself, um, you know, old enough to drive and, being able to go to a gym on my own time. And before that, I'd literally have my, uh, my yaya, my grandma, that's, that's grandma in Greek is yaya. I'd have my, uh, my yaya drive me to the gym after school and then pick me up after the gym. So she was, she was really a blessing. Um, and she helped me a lot, honestly, just with the, the little things, you know, just like feeding me right. Because, you know, you're in a Greek family, you're going to be fed. So I, uh, <laughs> I reached my peak weight, in as a sophomore junior in high school is like 200 pounds you know um and i was like damn so i was also very self-taught during these times um in going to the gym i would look at videos which like people might laugh at now but like i would literally look at a ton of athlean x videos you know (laughs) greg doucette was not a thing back then you know dead father doctor greg doucette was not a thing back then um but Athlean X was really, and I think you guys can agree, popping in 2017, 2018. He was the best. Um, yeah. And so I was looking at those videos. YouTube YouTube really did a lot of good for me by giving me a lot of knowledge. Um, thankfully, I never stumbled upon V-Shred during those vulnerable times. Uh, not to throw shade, but um, yeah, just thankfully I never stumbled <laughs> upon that and took his advice. But anyway... Um, yeah, so, you know, kind of teaching myself, I was, I remember the first couple weeks of going into the gym, I would literally bench every day and then do abs. I would do flat bench, decline, then incline, then abs, and then leave every day for a couple <laughs> weeks. And then I noticed this bump started appearing on my arms. And um, little did I know back then, that was actually called a tricep. So... My triceps started forming, which I had no idea even like what it was. I was just like, damn, I'm really seeing a difference out here. So <laughs> then I, uh, yeah. Um, so, you know, I just kept learning. And I think being open-minded um, was one of the best things I could have done back then because I would learn from friends. I would learn from other people, um, gym dads at the gym trying to tell me what to do. Um, and, um, I would kind of take a lot of it in experiment with my own stuff and see what clicked. And I would do that for a while and then I would see results. Um, and then I would move on to the next thing. You know, I really got made sure I got the compound lifts down first. And then later on, uh, towards the end of high school into now, I would move into include a lot of isolation and aesthetic movements. Um, which uh, would also help my mind-to-muscle connection. 
So that is also something I preach a lot. Um, that's probably one of the most important things in my opinion, just to really isolate the muscle. But, you know, that was me uh, halfway through high school, just learning as I go. I would start to see noticeable results, actually, um, throughout high school, as well as me just developing naturally in size, where people in the pe- before sophomore, junior year would always think that I'm younger than I really am. And now people would start to think that I was older than I really am. And I knew that's when I was onto something and something was working. And so I would literally, I remember, I would look up YouTube videos of just straight up anatomy and try to see how muscle fibers work. And I would understand the myofibril system and central nervous system. Even back then, you know, I was learning it for fun. So I was really getting deep into it. And I think that's where the core start of my love for kinesiology and the science of movement and everything started. Um, that's where the, uh, the real love for the science started. Um, and then I would also later on towards the end of high school, I was really getting things down to a point. I had a push pull leg um, regimen and I would start to include hit as I put on, like I tried doing my first real cut um, at the end of senior year. And this is where my physique really started to get eyes on it. Um, this is where people after, you know, during my first cut, people were like, shit, this guy knows what he's doing. Is this guy like taking something? And that was a big moment to me because to be a natural, a lifetime natural, and then have people, um, you know, accuse you of like using SARMs or steroids or something like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's happened to you, Gabe. Um, of course. It was yeah. just like, yeah, it, that, that's a big deal. You know what I mean? Oh, so, do you take huge. that as like a compliment or is that like a... I, I don't know. That could go either way because if you're working so hard naturally to someone who, for someone to accuse you of being fake almost must be like, Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess, I guess if they accuse you just like straight up and they don't believe you, maybe that would be offensive. But maybe if I think if they ask you like, they're like, Hey, I got to ask, like, are are you like taking anything? And at that point in 2018, 2019, I was like, what, what, what do you, what do you mean taking anything? I didn't know what, test was back then. I didn't know what a SARM was back then. Um, and that's not even that long ago. That's the funny part. Um, but yeah, I think if they ask you like, that's more of a compliment, you know? Yeah. For um, but I guess now I can move on to the, uh, the next chapter, which I guess is the current one, right? Yes. Yeah. Can I ask a few questions, just like one or two questions about your past? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've been talking for a while. So yeah, yeah, no worries. No worries. Well, one thing that I definitely noticed from the beginning of what you were talking about is kind of uh, you had two choices uh, and one really wasn't an option. You were going to you had that anxiety and that piece that you were thinking about. And instead of, you know, letting that lead you down a dark path, you kind of harnessed that energy and turned it into something positive which I know is really hard for many people, including myself, to do in any aspect of life. So I guess my question would be like, what, what would you say to people who are kind of at that uh, fork in the road right now? And how do you think that they can harness their, what could be negative energy, anxiety, anger, whatever that may be, and turn it into something positive? Uh, yeah. So um, I know in my situation, you know, I just, knew that life had to keep going 
And so I was like, might as well make it a good life, right? And so I'd say for people at that fork in the road, I would say uh, you need to find you need to find a rock, whether that be someone. For me, it was you know not only God but my family, you know. And I'd say you need to find a rock, whether it be someone, um, a higher being, or something that just you can lean on and push yourself off against to reach your goals. And I think having that one constant in your life will help you because you know that at the end of the day, that's going to be there for you. And obviously for me, you know, once again, that was, you know, my, my strength and faith and my, um, loving family. So, um, I'd say find that rock, um, for people on that, in that fork. And, uh, the thing is, is like, if you're leaning towards, you know, the, the, um, moping or, um, depressed route, um, I would say, you know, wouldn't you want to go through life seeing like your full potential? Like I think of the concept of time, like very differently than other people, like almost like I'm on drugs, but I'm not, I swear. Um, and so explain that. Yeah. <laughs> If, yeah, if I get into that, if like, if I get into that conversation, that's like, I'll sound like a hippie, but I'm not. But, um, so I mean, wouldn't you want to go through life, um, seeing your full potential? Like, I think everyone, truly everyone like has beauty in them and it's just a means of if they're willing to unlock it, you know what I mean? And totally. I, I think another thing that's really important that you mentioned is kind of that constant. And for you, I think that's been your, your faith in the Greek Orthodox church, but that can be kind of applied to anybody in the sense that like you kind of need that rock and it doesn't necessarily have to be a person, just kind of something, uh, something else that you look towards for, you know, comfort or guidance in a time of need. Um, so I guess my question for that would be like, how, how much has your faith, um, really affected your path, uh, into fitness and what you've been doing? Uh, yeah. So, so the, the tough thing is that, um, I think, I think it, uh, my, my faith as in like the, my faith in God in the church, you mean? Yes. Okay. So, um, I mean, that helped me really, it, that was the, the core the base, obviously going off of what I just said, I could not you know, I, de- depression was not an option for me. And cause I had that faith as my rock. Um, that's where my base was. And so, you know, I know, you know, God would just want me to do what's right for me because I knew from back then, like I wanted to make an impact on the world and that would not have happened if I chose the depressed route. I think, you know, I don't think that's going to happen to anybody. I think, um, that he, you know, really gave me the strength to fulfill and currently, um, attempting and trying to fulfill, uh, um, just being the very best I can be and hopefully, um, help others as it could be written, you know? So that's how I think. Was, was, was your faith the deciding factor? Um, going back to, I, I thought it was interesting when I was in high school and I started my fitness thing, I wanted to post about it and like 
I wanted people to know that I was posting. And I thought it was really interesting that you didn't. Like you wanted everybody to be unaware that you were working out and doing your thing. And and when asked about it, you would kind of avoid it. What was the determining factor that you flipped the switch and were like, all right, this is what I want to do. This is authentic me. I have to be true to myself and 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 show the world who I really am. What was the flipping deciding factor to uh, do that? Yeah, so I think there were two factors that made that decision. I'll get the easy one out of the way first, um, but that's because at the end of 2019 when I graduated and I first started it, that's when I thought I finally looked good enough to put myself out there. And I still don't think, like back then, like I still don't think I I was where I want to be. You know, I'm still not, you know, we're, we're proud, but, but never satisfied. And, you know, that's where my body dysmorphia from middle school, um, was, was uh, taking over. I think my decision-making a lot of the times, but at the 2019, when I was doing my first ever, uh, you know, cut to say, that's when I, that's like the switch had flipped and I was like, okay, I think, Um, I think I'm ready because I didn't even have nearly enough confidence in myself to start at any other point. So, I mean, factor one was, um, just me having just 1% more confidence in myself to do that. And then two was, um, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. Two was, Oh, just that um, social anxiety. You know, as I was saying, like, my biggest fear was to do something different that was so different to people in high school that they would just, like, like make fun of it or something. I remember I wore, like, I wore a ring because I wanted to, like, I wanted to, like, uh, breach out and, like, try, like, a new style. I remember this even in senior year when my confidence was the highest ever in high school, I wore a ring and it just took like this one kid in math class to be like, what the fuck are you wearing? (laughs) And I was like, Oh, I'm sorry. Are we supposed to keep it PG here? Oh, I I don't care. (laughs) Okay. All right. Sorry. I I should have asked, but um, (laughs) he was like, what are you wearing? And then one of the scariest things internally happened was that everyone in that class head, turned towards me and they looked and I was like, shit, I wanted this to be like a subtle thing that I wanted to try. And just a comment from one person spread like a wildfire. And now all the eyes were on me. And as confident as I was back then, other people wouldn't think I took it to heart, but like I was shaking on the inside, but no one could see that. And so posting something like, on a whole separate fitness page or something and trying that new route. You know, I had never heard of David late in 2019. I, I, you know, I, I was a fairly late adopter. I'd say to like the YouTube fitness, like individual creator crowd, like David late. And so he actually talked about it and Dylan one time in a video where it's like, you know, people used to make fun of them for like posting mirror selfies and like yeah showing off their progress but like look at where they are now you know 
but I really, I couldn't see the future. I couldn't think back then to be like, okay, it's all right. They're like, these people don't know where I'm going to be soon. You know what I mean? Like I couldn't, I was just thinking in the moment. Whereas now I'm really a future thinking, um, kind of thinker. Like you're a forward thinker, you know, you think ahead. Yeah. Forward thinker. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so, uh, really just to answer your question, I was just, I, I was scared even though some people would think I have the, the looks to do it and the charisma to do it back then. Like just no one, no one knows like how scared I was to have people like turn on me or even though I was always wanted to try new things, just like that ring. Um, but your ability to push yeah. past the fact that you were scared, your ability to push past your fears, accept who you really want to be and kind of, break that mold of, of, of just staying stagnant for that long paid off in the long run. I mean, how many followers do you have now? Like how many people look up to you? Like, you know, it's, it's, it's clear that once you broke that mold, you were really able to flourish and you can't flourish unless you do. Exactly. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, if, if, uh, one more question before we wrap up, what would be the biggest piece of advice that you have for anyone who's looking to, who, who has a passion for something but might be afraid to let the world know about it or um, just to let it out in general? What would you say, what would be the biggest piece of advice that you would give to convince someone to make that move and break the mold and go past what they think of society, what they think that society is going to think of them if they do? What would be your biggest piece of advice for that? Yeah, so I would say the biggest piece of advice is if if you're passionate about something and you believe in what you're doing or what you could do, you know, makes you happy and is right and um, it, you're just passionate about something and it checks all the boxes, but you decide not to do something because of maybe the backlash you could receive receive on social media or in person, just like I did in high school. Um, I would say that you, you absolutely need to follow through with your passions because fitness was something is something I'm extremely passionate about. And I can walk with ease now because I've come to terms with myself on if anyone is going to make fun of me, then like, it's very rare that they're going to do it to my face because they fear how passionate I am about it. They almost fear it because at the end of the day and at the end of your life, you're going to either look back and regret it or you're going to say, I really changed the world and I, I made myself happy. And uh, you, you just really need to not try to block out other people because there's nothing wrong with being alone for a while because you have that rock that I talked about earlier. You have that rock to lean on, find your rock. And that's the constant that you can go back to every day and every night to lean on. And as long as you have that constant, it it's not really an issue in my opinion, if everyone makes fun of you and you're alone um, because you can block their opinion out. And the best part is once you've succeeded 
after the fact that you've done all that, you can go back and show them how successful you became, you know, and your passion and drive will lead you to success. I promise it. It's every time it's hard work speaks talent. You know, the, um, the, one of the best football players at my high school, you know, he, he had a lot of talent, but I know someone that was hard works way harder than he did. And he is in a much better position right now. Um, and so I would just say to, uh, answer that question, believe in yourself. If you're passionate about the thing, if you're on the fence about your, um, you know, whatever you're trying to achieve or whatever you're trying to pursue, you need to come to terms with yourself. And once you become fearless, people will fear your passion. I love it. Um, I feel like I could run through a brick wall. And then it's almost hard to get backlash. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I try. Yeah. (laughs) No, (laughs) seriously. People people will fear your passion if you're, if you're uh, strong willed enough, you know? I love it. It's super inspiring to listen to someone who's so passionate um, because it does make you really just want to run through a brick wall and pursue your own dreams. So break that mold. Everybody who's listening, don't listen to the naysayers. If you're passionate about it, do it. Chris, thank you so much for joining. Yes, thank you so much. It has been an honor. I hope you've had some fun. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's been an honor. Um, we would love to have you on again for a future episode if you'd be interested. We'll get those details going in the future. But for now, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, feel free to plug your Instagram so everybody can follow and all your social media. Yeah, everyone uh, can go follow Omega underscore aesthetic if they so choose, if they please. I'd appreciate it. Thank you. And you won't be disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) Thank uh, you so much, guys. Yeah, thank you so much, Chris. Really appreciate it. Hope you have a great rest of your day, and I'm sure you'll be seeing me continue to engage in your stuff. Thank you. Likewise. Peace, big guy. Good talking to you. You as well. Peace out.